0: Hey, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Hey, this is Marty, Total Auto Solutions. Thank you so much for listening, no matter if you're driving or walking the dog. Whoever walks their dog is pathetic. That's why you should get a bulldog, The way they just lay around and sleep all day long. Hey, anyway, no matter what you're doing, stop, put your phone down or your listening device. Go to a computer, Or pick your phone back up now that you've put it down. Open up your web browser and go to freebeersema.com. All right. Hey, October 30th, Gordon Beer's Brewery. Two hours free beer. Who doesn't love free beer? Go to freebeersema.com, and we're going to host a pint night. All the beer you can drink between 8 and 10 o'clock at the Gordon Beer's Brewery. But you have to go sign up at freebeersema.com. Cool, ready? Great episode right here. Uh, This was so much fun. Jake and DJ go all round and about uh, employee headaches. Uh, Jake has a really great shop up in the town of Warrensburg, Missouri, which is over by Kansas City. And so we are drinking uh, none other than Boulevard uh, because when I think Kansas City, I mean that's, that's the beer I think. Boulevard has some really great beers. We're just going with the straight Original Boulevard Wheat. Most commonly when you're at the bar and you get a Boulevard, you're getting their Boulevard Wheat. Uh, but if you're over in that area, I highly recommend going and doing the tour. They've got some really great beers you can get in their tap room. Very selective that don't get out much. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Make it a great day. Jake, hey, man, thank you for coming on to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, I appreciate the invite. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, man, Uh, hopefully we will get, there he is, Mr. Patterson has now joined in. What's up? I'm just drinking a little Cold Boulevard. What about you?
2: Uh, Second one.
0: Uh, I knew I would be behind.
2: Yes, on Boulevard, there's no way you can be ahead.
1: Well, I might, you know, I might have you guys both beat. I am on my second boulevard, but I was so excited about joining the Pints and Polishing podcast that I did pregame it with some bush light, and that's totally a Missouri thing. Don't hold it against me. Wow.
0: (laughs) Very impressive. Yeah. Well,
2: Marty usually, usually, (laughs) tell me about your pregame, Marty.
0: (laughs) Well, that's for mowing.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, there's. I don't. There's not usually a pregame podcasting. Huh. That I remember, is there? Maybe
2: the ones we don't remember.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: hey, so is Bush Light like your go-to? Like, chug a beer. Is that like? Why'd you grab Bush Light?
1: No, one hundred percent. Yeah, we we uh, we're fancy around here, so we just call them lattes. Um, I'm not. I haven't been in college for quite a while, but a little piece of you know that never died, and that's always been our go to. So it makes Boulevard taste a lot better after you're done with one, though.
0: <laughs> wow. D- DJ's go to is uh, is uh, Natty Light.
2: No, oh, it's yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not. My go-to has always been Boulevard, but as of lately, I just I don't drink it that much like I used to.
0: Your go-to is Coors Light.
2: It's yeah, my go-to American lager is Coors Light, but for the longest time, I've always had Boulevard Wheat in my refrigerator. Yeah, that's true. Yes, absolutely nothing wrong with that.
0: So, Jake, uh, tell us who you are. You're from up by Kansas City in the metropolis of Warrensburg.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as you remember, as you were pulling into town, you saw the uh, mule country signs and were very concerned that, you know, maybe wild mules were running around everywhere. I'm in Warrensburg, Missouri, the home of the University of Central Missouri Mules, and it's about, it's 35 miles southeast of Kansas City. So that's where Professional Auto Detailing uh,
0: sets up shop. And that's, that's your name, right? Professional Auto Detailing of Warrensburg? Yes, it is pretty people, pretty flashy name it is very flashy uh how many people are in the metropolis of warrensburg
1: the with not counting the university we've got about 20,000 and then with the university in session uh we've got over 30,000 that are in the town and then down the road we've got a a pretty big air force base where the uh, b2s are housed and uh that's its own little community in itself so Uh, Drive up the road, and then you're in the suburbs of Kansas City.
0: Uh, So you're what, like an hour kind of southwest, is that right? Southeast?
1: Southeast, yes, sir.
0: Yeah, nice. And what, so full-on college professor, right? Like, but what do you (laughs) teach?
1: Uh, I mean, I'll take the professor part as a compliment. Um, I try not to church it up. I'm an instructor. I don't have those three magical letters after my last name. I teach pretty much everything from college algebra to calculus to statistics, uh, but definitely not a PhD. So not in, not in the cards for me, I don't think.
0: Okay, so I didn't know there was a different. Like, what's the difference in a professor and a teacher? I just figured you were in a college or a professor. Uh, probably a few IQ
1: points, but besides that, <laughs> I've, just got a, I've just got the master's degree and the professors have PhDs, and uh, that's probably about the difference, I guess.
0: Okay, now, and the paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> right, you get paid right. I get that. Uh, what about tenured? Will you can you get tenured as, or do you have to get a doctorate to be tenured?
1: That the doctorate is required. So they could uh, call me up any day and say, "Hey, Jake, you are now a professional detailer full time. <laughs> you are at any point in time, so not protected like those other guys.
0: How long? How long have you been teaching?
1: Since I was in grad school in 2012, and I started uh, full time with a college nearby in uh, 2014. So, teaching for about six years, professionally for almost five now.
0: What made you, like, why? What made you, what was what it that draws you to teaching at a university?
1: At a university specifically, because um, I remember when I was in high school. <laughs> and how me and all my friends treated the teachers so I didn't want to I didn't want to uh get the karma on that um but no college it's it's just pretty it's pretty laid back um I decided I didn't want to go the uh suit and tie and high-rise type route and uh I like you know I like teaching uh I like uh you know the the kids they're they're goofballs um and it's you know it's a lot of fun it's a pretty chill job and allows me to venture into other things um you know, such as detailing.
0: We'll get there. We'll get there. I still like, I'm going to camp out on this teacher thing. DJ, DJ, <clears> how <throat> he mentioned students in high school to their high school teachers. Who <clears throat> were you as a student to your teacher?
2: Uh, very quiet and behind the scenes. <clears throat> yeah. I, well, it depends on no, what but- you're talking about. So high like, middle school, elementary school, I was a little shit. Now, high school, I kind of, like, slid under the radar. I didn't really get my teachers much shit at all.
0: What uh, grades? Take that. Yeah. What's up? What grades did you make?
2: Oh, I always made, like, A's and B's. It's just School was pretty easy. Uh, now, there was, like, senior year or junior year when I was just doing a bunch of stupid stuff, and I would just, like, slide by, so I was doing, like, you know, C's and whatever, just to get by. But I mean, when I was taking it serious, I mean, I could make A's and Bs easily, but really?
1: I, I, yeah, I slipped through high school. I literally slipped through high school. I'm not a big fan of the way Marty said, really, when you said A's and B's DJ, I don't know if, uh, Oh, I that ignore that kind it. of ignorance.
2: <laughs> it, I ignore it. Yeah. Uh, only not did... actually, so, so you mentioned statistics and I, like that's, that's the reason I quit dropped out of college was oh, no. because statistics class. Really? I literally walked out, we had a we had an exam and I had not I missed a few classes and I of course like I mean I was way behind. You missed a few classes of statistics, like <clears throat> and I get into the exam, I'm like, Oh man, I don't know any of this shit on here at all. So I just literally like got up and walked out and never to return to college ever again. Like I had like six credits left to get my associates degree and I just never I don't have any care in the world to get it.
0: So, so you'll find this that I've never knew that story. And here's what is very ironic about it, DJ. I am horrible at math. I took, you know, all the basic that I could and just would see like barely squeak by algebra and all that algebra two, my junior year of high school. I made a, D And she said, the teacher was like, called me. and was like, she really wanted to fail me. She wanted me to take it again because I failed the final and I failed all the last stuff. And, uh, and she was like, but you had made the C and so you'll have to pass you with the D minus. I was like, cool. And I thought I was done. Like I got to college and like I had to take, so I took intermediate. Like I took whatever <laughs> yeah. I
2: could,
0: like just the, the dumbest stuff I could take just to get by and the last math class that i had to take was statistics wow i stopped studying because it was so easy for me i don't know why statistics suddenly i got statistics i breezed through that class and made an a my one of my only oh. a's in college i couldn't believe it i don't what is i don't even remember like what is statistics jake <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh uh in a very so everyone thinks you know everyone asks me when I say you know my master's in statistics, they think, oh, you' got you know like batting averages and stuff. Yes, that is a statistic, but you know the goal is to uh take a bunch of data and uh you know run through some some processes and then make educated uh decisions based on that um and that's that's the whole idea behind you know statistics is to you know make good decisions in the real world um and it's more than just, you know, like I said, the batting averages and stuff. But for both of you guys, I think what's kind of funny is you, you've told a story that I've heard a million times from college kids. And and you guys being businessmen, um, I've I've done this with students before is I have put a dollar sign in front of the number and then they become wizards in math and statistics. And, that, you know, I just put it in terms of money. And they're calculating percentages in their head. They're doing averages. They're telling me the expected values and stuff like that. And so then I say, okay, now the test just isn't going to have a dollar sign. And something clicks. (laughs) Ultimately, that's the math as businessmen that we're worried about, right? The money.
0: Yeah, but so I couldn't remember what what was in the statistics class. I mean, that was 20 years ago. I just remember I aced it like – like I literally stopped studying it was it was awesome really? but it's taking data analyzing it and then creating an answer out of it so that that um, that helps me in my quest to learn more about myself interesting cool so you are a teacher a professor what possessed you to create by open like what's your story what what made you want to create an own professional auto detailing of Warrensburg?
1: I like how you um, said, use the word possessed because you know <laughs> maybe, maybe something, maybe something did possess me to jump into this. And sometimes uh, I think, you know, I probably was not of sound mind and body when I did get into this, but on other days I'm, I'm like, hell yeah, brother, this is awesome. So I think that's just kind of the roller coaster, but um a very true American high school kid story is the fact that, you know, a lot of us are enthralled with cars. You get your first truck or, you know, you get your first car and you try to soup it up or keep it clean and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe put a stereo system in it. And, uh, that was me and but what my had- friends for sure. So I think I mentioned this to you one time and you were super excited for some weird reason, but I had a 93 danger Ranger and you were like, Oh man, you got a mini truck. Show me. Um, and I don't have a. I couldn't find any pictures of the old Danger Ranger, so that was that was my first vehicle. And um, then uh, this past year, uh, what do you say your mini truck was, Marty? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I didn't have the full out mini truck, but I had a ninety eighty nine. So I would have been sixteen and ninety four, and uh, I had an eighty nine uh chevy s10
1: yeah we would have been we would have been cruising around together up and down up and down the strip all night long
0: it wasn't lowered but whoever had it before put some chrome rims on it and had some type of a little stereo in the back because it you know it had some wires and had an amplifier it wasn't badass they took the like you know of course they took the the base out of it all i had was some decent you know whatever those mid-range I don't get into that so I don't know but it sounded pretty good
1: in those chrome rims you probably could have kept pretty clean with some uh hyper clean degreaser I bet (laughs) (laughs) but But to answer your question um about this time well uh last summer so there was another detail shop in town that's been around for a long time and uh, through, you know, kind of through the grapevine, uh, got in with, a a friend and kind of had an opportunity to, you know, scoop it up as an investment, did, did a lot of research into, um, I should have done more as we all should when we get into businesses, but did my research into the business and into the industry. Um, thought it would be a, you know, thought it would be a a good thing to get in at and, um, just kind of just kind of took it from there, uh, kind of merged an old hobby kind of resurfaced. And, um, I've, you know, entrepreneurship is something that's kind of always been in my blood one way or another. I mean, I know that I teach for a state school, but, um, that, that spirit I think has always been there. So I just kind of right place, right time, uh, good timing on a few different things. And, you know, fortunately it's something that I'm passionate about. Uh, so that makes it a little easier.
0: And so you took it over? Is that what it was?
1: I Well, I planned on taking it over. I planned on just, you know, buying the LLC and running with it. And once I dug deeper and deeper into it, I decided that I wanted to buy it, shut it down, and then do everything right. Um, and that's that's exactly what I did. Well, I'm still striving to do everything, you know, the best I possibly can, but... It was uh, it was not the company that you see today. There was no such thing as a ceramic coating. Um, it was a good company, you know. They did a great job for a long time, and it was just it was just time to uh, take it to the next level, really, with next level coatings. CC Wow, <laughs>
0: yeah. I've got a whole list right here, so you know, just bear with me. Nice. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, how's it been since? So, how, like, college professor or not professor teacher whatever we good. um taking over a detail shop like right in that like that's that's got to be a massive challenge
1: it's um by any stretch of the magic it's super weird you know that's just not a not a, not a very common not a very logical combination but it was just kind of right time right place and so you know i mean i detail Uh, but I kind of, you know, me and my wife own the company and we try to set up the company for success and, you know, let, let the crew do their job and, uh, you know, put out high end services, um, that the community can uh, really appreciate. And that's kind of the setup really.
0: How much are you involved like day to
1: day? Uh, DJ, does this resonate with you? If I were to say way too much? Absolutely. Okay, then yeah, that's, I
2: just got back from vacation. So I was gone for like eight days, and I completely separated from the business, like one hundred percent. Oh man, that's and awesome. since I've gotten back, I'm like, how can I make this a Like, how can I make this an everyday thing to where I don't do anything at all?
1: So to put this in perspective, um, classes start back up next Monday. I've got meetings on Friday and all this stuff tomorrow. Uh, I've I've worked very hard these past couple weeks for tomorrow to do um, exactly what you just said, DJ. Tomorrow, I've told everyone as of, you know, 5.30 p.m. Uh, tonight, I am off the grid. I'm going to do Pines and Polishing co- podcast. I'm going to turn off my work phone. I'm going to resurface on Friday morning at 7 a.m. and <laughs> go from there. So that's my, that's my vacation. <laughs> hey, man, it's needed. Yeah, I'm not
2: going anywhere to do things, anything.
1: I'm just going you know, to turn off are gonna, my work phone.
2: The ball's going to drop here and there. Things are going to get messed up. But like I told, I told uh, Hayden, run, ran the company while I was gone, he did a good job, really good job, actually. But I was like, hey, man, look, like, unless there's a fire, like, I don't care. Like, if you guys get into a wreck, you know where the insurance card's at, like, get a rental car. Like, don't
1: call me. Like, I, d- I don't want to know anything. That's so, awesome. I've seen Hayden's work on, on Instagram, by the way. Top notch. Great detailer. Yeah, retailer. he's great. He's,
2: he's phenomenal. So what all did you do on vacation, DJ? Fill us in. Oh, man. Uh, long story short, because I don't like to give all the details, we got a beach house at Sar- uh, in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, there was a red tide at the time, so there was, like, toxic algae everywhere. You couldn't go to the beach. It was, like, dead fish all over the beach. It smelled horrific. So <laughs> that sucked, because we got the beach house specifically for the beach where the white sand is at Siesta Key. Uh, and uh, that sucked, but the uh we went out it was, well, it was a good nightlife out there um, little it was a nice little town um and uh, we just went from Sarasota to Fort Lauderdale to Port St. Lucie I mean we literally just traveled all over Florida we drove so much but it was worth like it wasn't a relaxing like we just sat and chilled at the beach it was like we went and saw her my wife's family we went and like ate at different restaurants that had different like cultured food like Haitian food and um uh, what's that? What's what do we have? um Trinidadian, like Trinidad food, like that was my by far my favorite. So a lot of like cultured foods. We went to it? a few times, but what's that? What was it? Where was it? No, what? I mean, like, oh, it was called um, uh, Trinidad- like roti, roti, R O T I, roti, and it's like you get like it's like a curry. It's like they have oxtail and chicken and, um, and, and different types of meats, but it's, like, flavored, and they're, like, curry-flavored. And then you have this, like, this bread that you – you bro. You know, you, bro. It, it, was, it was amazing. That's right yeah. up your alley, literally right oh, up your alley.
0: Oh, it's complete. That is, so roti chana is literally my favorite thing in all of the world.
2: It was phenomenal. And even Aisha said, she goes, hey, this is the kind of food Marty likes. I was like, yeah, this is literally his, this, yeah. his style right here.
0: So, there is a couple of places where you can buy roti frozen and then, mm. and then I get it, it's not the same, but you yeah. can buy frozen and then put it out on your skillet and make it. And it's pretty close, it's not the same, but it, it's, pretty- I
2: mean, the whole staff, they were literally like they were that, that they were the culture. It was phenomenal, it was, it was out like you know, I had to eat, like it was, yeah, we ate a lot, a lot of food. I probably gained about five, 10 pounds for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, I did. I I lost it all already, but I did gain. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think one of the funnest parts too is I I rented a scooter and Aisha and I went and rode down the coast on a little moped and just looked at the houses and the beach and the sea was cool. Nice, man. That's good. All right. So let's talk about this beer.
0: Uh, We definitely picked it because Boulevard is right up in Kansas City. If anybody is in that uh, Midwest area, definitely worth a trip to go to the Boulevard Brewery. It's actually a very good tour. And then once you get to their little tap room, you can walk over and go to... Uh, they've got a, a... The tap room's kind of like, what, up the stairs? Is that right, Jake? If I remember, it kind of goes up. Really big tap room. And they've got like a giant... Uh, not giant, but they've got a uh, an old uh camper one of those uh what are those fancy campers that um airstream airstream they got like an airstream type camper where you can they've got their own photo booth like it's a very very nice tap room and then you can walk down to their gift shop and actually buy they got this whole wall of beer that you can pick and make your own six packs you know and that's beer fresh from the brewery it's, it's a really great place Have have you done the tour jake
1: Oh yeah, uh definitely. It was it was a few years ago and um before we did the tour, uh, I don't know if you guys would guess this about me, but we pre-gamed, pre-gamed we bush pre-gamed first. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
1: and uh no, it's it's awesome. Uh Boulevard's uh, definitely if you're visiting Kansas City, you you got to go. And there's a few things, you know, you just you have on your list if, you know, by chance you're passing through or or whatever and, and it's that's definitely definitely on the list, uh, to check out the bou- boulevard tour. I made the mistake of the week after I turned, uh, 21, I went and visit some friends in St. Louis and we did the Anheuser-Busch tour. So mm. being the naive 21 year old that I was, I saw, you know, Anheuser-Busch and, um, then had the wrong impression as to brew you know, breweries as to what they were supposed to look like. So every, you know, uh, everything I've seen after that, I get through the tour and it's like, oh wait, that was it? Uh, I feel like there should be more.
2: <laughs> hmm.
1: But maybe oh, it's, Budweiser... a, it's a large operation in case you guys didn't know.
2: No, I've never been to that one.
0: They make a lot of beer. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I missed that. I was saying, so is Budweiser is that a good, are you saying that's a good tour or that I didn't get. No,
1: it? it was a it was a great tour. It's like, it's hours long. Um, and so when I toured Boulevard, you know, the tours, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And, um, so I kind of got my, you know, it was skewed. My perspective was skewed by having my, uh, my first brewery tour, uh, be a B. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So I went, I thought the Boulevard tour was really good myself and we, we had a really great tour guide. He walked us around and explained everything. You know, I think a, a beer that we definitely should have on sometime would be, and, you know, if, if we would have thought about it a little better, I, I should have said, let's do Tank Seven. That is an incredible beer. And it's a really cool story how they messed up. Apparently, there was something inside the uh, the valve or something on the tank. I don't remember if it was a computer program something, but something happened and it and it messed up the tank and they were about to pour out the tank because they'd messed it up the brew guy the brewmaster, was like "Ah, oh, let me just taste it and he tasted it and it was like wait a second so then everybody else came over and tasted it and they were like we got to recreate this beer and they named it after the tank that messed up and that's tank seven interesting and I, so yeah
1: very interesting
0: very cool like that you that those kind of stories don't happen very often and so we were on that tour and he was like so anybody got any questions and I was like uh yes I've always wanted to know (laughs) because you're sitting at a bar and somebody tells you the story you don't know if it's true and he was like yep it's true so uh that's a really great beer to have in their farmhouse ale series tank seven super delicious
1: There's a reason that Tank 7 is like comes in a four pack and it's $3 a bottle or something like that. Um, right. Drink because that you're... four pack and then let's do a podcast. Yeah. I will. <laughs> I'm down.
0: I think DJ made the attempt once and uh, regretted it.
1: So, Marty, what, uh, is, what is the alcohol by volume on Tank 7? Remind everybody. It's
0: like I, nine, isn't I, it? Yeah, it's like eight point nine or something. It's almost nine percent.
1: Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. It's up there. It'll do the trick. <laughs> yeah. A of, and it tastes good.
0: Oh, it tastes incredible. I mean, I drink two. Like, if I go out and I drink a tank seven, I'll drink two, and then I'm like, I'm good. Like, I don't, you know. Come on, get another. One. I'm like, nope, I'm good. You don't don't mess around with tank seven.
1: No. Yeah. I you. Left my uh... Night
2: with Marty at the bar. And... I was ordered some Tank 7 my first time having it, and I had, like, probably six. And then the next morning, I was, like, yeah, I was dying. I'm, like, bro, what? He goes, yeah, you had, like, six Tank 7s. I'm, like, yeah, there's, I could drink six beers all day. It's not a big deal. He goes, no. Like, <laughs> no.
1: You yeah, drank a case go. of Coors Light equivalent is what you did, DJ. I guess so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so these these we just had to pick these up at the grocery store or station another like, point point point. so you know we're we're good.
1: There's nothing wrong with boulevard wheat. No. No, not at all.
0: All right, so hey, let's get into our topic. Um uh I uh I wanted to, I think it's a great topic for the both of you guys, especially, I like it that, you know, DJ's, you know, built a business and brought on employees. Uh, You purchased a business and you're trying to run it where you're, uh, you know, it's, you're letting it run as a business. You're an owner. You're not really there all the time. Um, One of the main issues for any detailing business because it's so hands-on and so service-based is then the detailers and the employees, quote, unquote. Um, you hear all the time, you know, wanting to expand. It's so hard to train somebody or I want to expand and bring somebody else on, but it can never just do what I do. Like, so I think it would be a really great, interesting topic. A lot of people get a lot of great information out of this. Um, so when let's, so basically let's talk about employees. So Jake, uh, how many employees do you have? And, DJ, how many do you have?
1: Um, right now I have seven on the payroll. Um, two are – and some are internships elsewhere. So I've, I've got five guys working for me right
0: now.
2: Yeah, wow. we're like it's, yeah, we're about the same. There's seven on payroll.
0: And what would you define as your biggest headache?
2: Employees. <laughs> Duh.
1: Uh, hey guys if you're listening um ross matt uh you guys are the best but um dj <clears throat> i'm right there with you bud
2: i mean and i got guys listening too probably it's just it is what it is i mean any business are like i mean you're dealing with we're dealing with seven different people's personalities seven different opinions seven different families we are trying to feed like there's just so many things that can they can go that's i mean that's it i mean we're we're and we're doing our best to manage them not manage them but to make them happy while also trying to um uh, get them on board of what lo- we're trying to do with our business as well so it's it's stressful like it's it's not just of that they're doing a bad job and we're trying to like they suck it's just like we're it's a lot of stress trying to make sure they're happy while also trying to
1: have them help us grow our businesses as well i i reflect on every single thing that you just said. Um, And, you know, one thing that I want to add is, um, you know, I don't, I don't keep bad employees around. So if, you know, my guys are listening right now, um, I'm not necessarily saying anything about them. If I, if I find out that, you know, someone's not going to be productive or someone doesn't have the integrity needed to work for my company, uh, they're gone. And I think that, my crew respects that from a standpoint of I'm not going to let, you know, uh, people that bring us down as a company because ultimately the other guys are the ones who have to make up and, you know, work harder and take up the slack. So I think they respect that. And
0: uh, so how'd you get to that point? Did you come in, um, you know, when you opened? So when you, when you took over the business, you said that you basically just, destroyed it and rebuilt it in a sense um how how many employees did you did you have any that you were bringing on give us that scenario like you purchased a business your next day what what do you do with the guys
1: yeah so um i'm not going to divert the conversation to you know like the the initial uh you know the purchase of the company and then you know the transformation but or you know end up talking about, you know, too much about how that all went down, but I was promised a fully staffed functional um, business, you know, with uh, everyone trained. And then I opened my doors uh, on day one and um, lo and behold, my fully staffed business, uh, that staff, more or less, they all had been told by the previous owner that they were supposed to quit and go join him in his lawn mowing business. So as of five PM on day one, I had zero trained staff. Wow! Wow! And that you know, like, I'm not going to divert the topic or anything, but that was uh, that was kind of a, a you know a, kind of a scary night. Uh, me and my wife sat down and we're like, um, yeah, what do we do? We've you know we've we've got some cars to detail tomorrow, and uh, so I got a fast one pulled on me, but hey, it is what it is. I, I remedied and moved on. So what'd you do? Uh, I I made some phone calls to some guys that I knew were hard workers. Um, and I said, you know, Hey, here's the deal. Um, we're essentially at this point, the company, thankfully, we weren't installing um, CC 105. You should check it out three to five year oh. ceramic coating. Uh-huh. back then. We were just, <laughs> we were essentially just cleaning cars. Um, and, you know, with some elbow grease and a good eye, you, you know, Hard-working folks can clean a car. So I got on the phone that night and I think I probably uh, called a hundred people and I said, Hey, you know, meet me at the shop tomorrow at five o'clock. Um, I, this is, this is what we got to do. I had a, an eight, a, eight AM or nine AM class to teach that day. I brought up a personal vehicle. We ran through, you know, the products and you know, what the detail was. We don't do, you know, five cars a day we probably only had one or two the next day and i had two guys there that showed up and uh went with them and then i was on the recruiting trail after that but i i was supposed to inherit um four four train detailers that were available you know to work and cover the uh the retail hours of the business and they got pulled from me um right after the first day so
2: wow that's crazy
0: how did you go about training? Did you create manuals? Like how do you go about training a employee that, you know, and let, let's, let's ask that in two ways that at that point, how did you fully train an employee and then did you adapt and have you trained them differently now?
1: That is, that's a great way to ask that question. So um, at the time, you know, our, our first month of, and, And I used the old company name for about two months and and I knew that I was going to do that on purpose because I wanted to, you know, nail down what we were going to do um, under the old brand, plan for the, you know, we moved the shop and we upgraded locations, plan for all that, then, you know, kind of relaunch and um, no one knew any, no one knew any different, whether it was one company or the next. No one knew that we were the, you know, the old company renamed, whatever. So essentially... To answer the first part of your question, I literally just told them, you know, here's our, you know, here's a list of the supplies. Here's what they're for. Make that car very clean. And that's what, you know, essentially the, the customer is paying for And that's what the service from that company was. Uh, anyone listening to this podcast should know the difference between a clean car and a detail car. And I'm very serious about those two words. Um, we were cleaning cars. And by the time that I moved locations, changed the right. name, staffed up, and we were detailing um so you know fortunately um it really wasn't you know much more than uh cleaning at that time now what i do with guys now is we we do have a you know a pretty intense in my opinion uh employee handbook and i have i employ a lead detailer who is in charge of uh training but they do their first week of training with me hands on um that type of stuff. We we have a lot of checks and balances type things when they're training uh, checklists. And then we have outside quality control. So a detailer doesn't QC their own vehicle, uh, that type of thing. And we're fortunate enough to be, you know, have two or three guys or I can come down at the end of the day and QC the vehicle. So that way a guy doesn't have to work on a car for four hours and, then you know, check his own work, that type of thing. So in the hey, training fixed process. location though, right? What's that? <clears throat> your fixed location though, right? Yes. Yeah, so that is clarify, the difference yeah. between. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah. Eco green and, and then pro auto. We, we got two and that's something with, you know, mobile DJ. I don't know. Um, you probably just got one guy going and doing a job. So they gotta be, I no. mean, they gotta be able to quality control and be yeah. on point. Whereas when I'm bringing a guy along um, I do have the luxury of, you know, having what I call a lead detailer do the training and then, you know, having someone else quality control before I consider them, uh, fully trained i guess you should mm-hmm. say
0: so dj how do you guys differ
1: yeah i mean we're we're very
2: similar me and jake spoke for i mean a good 45 minutes an hour not long ago and just we're just kind of in shock and awe of how similar we are in our in our mindset and businesses but we're completely different because i'm i own a mobile a mobile operation and we have you know three mobile trucks with two guys per truck Um, we've got a fixed location we use for coatings, you know, here and there, but we also have a fixed location at the, our Tulsa international airport too. We do detailing for all the people that, you know, come and do valet, but, um, with, in regards to quality and checks and balances, you know, we have, we've created apps within our company that we use, um, that have, you know, um, Within the app, it has, you know, the customer information and, you know, the inspection, you know, you can mark off damages and so forth. But it also has an inspection form on there that the guys have to go through during the process of detailing a vehicle. They check off, you know, did you crack the windows and and clean the window? Um, Did you, you know, did you get the lug nuts clean? All this this three-page checklist they have to go through and check off after they've done the work to kind of keep them accountable of quality and so forth. So that's kind of how we, how our guys keep up with it. And then I have a form myself that... If I go out and I'm doing quality checks on guys randomly, I can show up and I can open the app and I can go through this, you know, three or four page thing. And then at the end of it, um, it creates a quality score for them. And if they get 85% or higher, then they pass. If it's lower than that, then, you know, they get reprimanded because the quality wasn't where it needed to be. So that's kind of how we monitor things. We run Because we're so – everyone's always somewhere different. We, ha- we had to create – different apps, um, to, to manage the company remotely. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I just, I thought it'd be interesting to have your perspective and, you know, what would be different between the two of you guys' styles. So you're using, you know, a bit more with apps and different things like that, but at the same time you guys are still both doing quality control. Absolutely. Make sure that the employees do what is the guideline for how you want a detail to be done.
2: Yeah, and I wish I could just go downstairs or go to the other room and like check over the work 5 minutes and be done, but you know, unfortunately I can't. I don't see nowhere near every car we put out at all so i have to trust that the guys are going through their forms and going through the systems because if they go through the forms and the systems properly then the customers will always be happy but if they don't if they're skipping on things and not not doing their you know not following the protocols then that's when
1: we're going to have issues with you know
2: customer complaints oh. and so forth
1: hey marty you really don't need both of us on this podcast because dj is speaking for me 100 and since the first time i I talked that, you that conversation we had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you literally just said, you know, everything that, you know, I could possibly say, we do everything that you just said, but in hard copy form and then we file it as far as, you know, the quality yep. control and the inspection and stuff. And, you know, maybe one day when I, you know, if I can progress the company a little farther, we can do, you know, some electronic stuff, but everything that you just said. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's exactly, especially as fo- if they follow the process, do what they're supposed to do. You know take care of those things the customer will always be happy when they neglect it it's not so much that they're not there you talented go. at detailing when they neglect those things that's when you know issues can arise
0: and that's what i wanted to ask next so i love that you said that let's transition what happens when they don't do what they're supposed to how do you handle that jake
1: Oh, I got to go first on that one. Uh, oh, so so doom, I mean, glo- I'm just going to make it So go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think that I try not to be, um, a you know a mean boss by any you know stretch of the imagination. I try not to get down on guys. I don't, I don't believe in just straight you know putting someone down and you know then somehow they're gonna get better. Um, let's say worst case scenario, someone does put out a car, it goes through quality control by someone who's, um, <laughs> qualified to do QC and still somehow, some way, you know, it, it comes back to us. Um, I always, you know, first of all, make the customer happy and make everything right, take care of them. And then I try to identify, you know, the root of the cause. Um, and almost every single time what I found out is that, um, a customer's standards, we can detail below our standard and a customer can still be happy. We can detail to our standard and a customer will still be happy. So that gets kind of muddling. Um, what I've found is a lot of the issues actually come from miscommunication and that might be uh, due to my business model of having fixed location, multiple employees, Whereas, you know, DJ's got guys going out doing a job uh, mobile. I could have a guy, you know, I don't have five full-time employees. I've got part-time employees. I've got one guy who makes a sale on Tuesday. That car comes in the following week. Someone else is detailing it. um, And then their shift ends. And then a third employee is, you know, sending the car off at 5 p.m. during pickup. There are a lot of, that's a lot of, potential breaks in communication um, and almost always, you know, if there is an issue there, it's because of a communication break. Uh, a customer, you know, specifically said, I want this stain removed. And the salesman said, you know, they saw it, they gave the quote, they said, Oh, our, our shampoo, you know, and extraction is going to take care of that. We don't need to do any extra work. Um, the detailer did what he was supposed to do, saw no stain removal on the order. Um, that stain didn't come completely up and there you go. There's your communication break. Um, no one mentioned that we need that stain up, but maybe they just didn't pay a little extra for that, you know, tiny little spot on their seat. Uh, it's, it's always comes back to something like that. So, uh, the, the talent aspect of detailing is less important to me than being diligent and simply, I mean, literally just not being negligent, um, you know, fill out the paperwork, use the square calendar correctly and communicate with you know if you leave and you know you've got a morning shift and someone's replacing you in the afternoon communicate where you're at in the car you know what you've done and make sure everything goes smoothly so i think that's pretty much um you know the the biggest issue that i've seen and then i just try to hire guys that are coachable and if I hire someone that's coachable, then I try to coach them instead of just you know put them down and tell them they did a bad job because that doesn't seem to be very productive.
0: And so let's go. Let's go take it a little bit deeper. You've got a guy that's and and granted, right? I get it. Um, want to respect um, some inner inner business, um, and especially like you said, in case one of your one of your guys is listening you know, I'm not trying to get you to step on toes or anything like that. But let's just say that you've got a guy that's just not doing what they're supposed to do. And I'll, 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 I'll hit this towards DJ first and then that way you can catch your breath. Um, What do you do, DJ? How do you handle disciplinary measures when you've got a guy that's just not doing Right. We know it's a skilled craft. We know that we've, we've tried to do quality control. We've tried to do things, but they're just not getting it. How do you handle that?
2: Yeah, it sucks because <clears throat> a lot of, you know, business owners in this industry, um, you know, it's hard to find good help. So a lot of us at times will walk on eggshells around team members. You know, you don't want to write them up because, you know. Uh, you know, if you write them up, you're afraid they might leave or they might get mad at you. They might not do good work for you, blah, 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 blah. Like I used to be that way a long time ago. And some people still are. And, you know, I let a lot go sometimes because I try to look at the more of the the positive than that one negative. But if there's a guy like that, that's just really not doing his job whatsoever, like, and it just something needs to happen. I I pull them aside. I typically, um, uh, you know, towards the end of the day, uh, that way they don't, it's not, you know, first thing in the morning, then they're just like, you know, treating the guy they're working with like crap or have an attitude towards the customers or not doing a job. So you got to be strategic about when you do it, you know, that makes a, that, that makes a big difference. Um, but I just sit him down and I just literally speak with them about, Hey, like, here's what we talked about when we first hired you. And here's what you're not doing to reflect what you said you were supposed to be doing or what you signed up for. And, you know, why why is that you know I let them talk like why do you you know I feel that you know it's this can you tell me what you know and I just open it up for conversation just kind of talk through it because sometimes it could be where they might have they might I don't know like um, something that they couldn't communicate to me at all and they're just holding it in opposed to you know communicating to me the whole time and then it's just a something that was an easy fix. Um, and sometimes it's not, you know, so, um, and I'll either give them a written warning, um, or I'll just speak with them about it. If it's a good conversation and everything goes well and I feel like that they're going to, they get it and they understand where I'm coming from, then I'll just let it be. Um, and if it happens again, it's a written warning. If it happens again, it's a, it's a second write up And then The third time I, I, I let them go. Like, um, it's, it's tough. It's hard. I don't like to do that. I, one of my top strengths is harmony. I, I like to keep the peace. Um, but I'm also a good relator too, so I can relate to people really well and, and kind of get what I need out of them or from them uh, if they work with me. So, um, yeah, I mean, those conversations are really, really hard, but they have to happen um, because why would you want to be paying someone full time in your business that aren't helping you push your business forward at all? So you have to have those conversations, you know, um, you know, that's yeah.
0: How many guys have you had to just part with
2: a a lot like especially in the earlier years we had a lot of turnover i mean there's been quite a few Um, man i don't even want to put a number on it but there's there's been a lot lately not so much lately the guys like the way we run our company now people either leave because um, they have a better opportunity somewhere else which i applaud most times i'm like hey like of course this is this job is just a stepping stone to what you need to do next you did a great job i appreciate it a lot of the guys leave better than they came in they always think they said hey man i learned so much about myself i learned about this and that because we do a lot of different like you know strength finder tests and different assessments and stuff that help them better themselves and stuff so they always leave better than they when they came in um but yeah lately i haven't really had to let anyone go due to uh, our hiring process you know when we have someone we hire like we know they're going to be a good fit after the fifth or sixth interview um, so taking all that time and money and effort and the initial interviewing process eliminates the high turnover rate we had back when i first started this
1: nice all right jake what are your thoughts i was trying to take i was trying to take notes there uh, <laughs> you, you told me you told me to catch my breath but really what i did is i just drank a Boulevard. Um, <laughs> so. DJ hit on some positives and I kind of want to, you know, I kind of want to do that too. His guys are now leaving him, you know, better than when they came in. Uh, It's a stepping stone and, you know, it's a positive, you know, a positive thing in whatever they're going to do long run. And the first thing that I want, you know, when I hire people, I want them to know is I got their back. Um, You know, if you've got stuff going on, I'm there for you. You know, how can I help you be successful not only with the company, but, you know, in your ultimate goal. And um, one of my detailers is a perfect example of that. He, he landed an awesome internship and, you know, kind of a, almost a managerial role because I was kind of letting him run things. He just had that type of responsibility level. And, um, you know, I gave him a, a great recommendation and they called me and they really thoroughly vetted him and it worked out well for him. So, I'm very proud of him. And I'm actually, I lost him because of it, because they offered him a full-time job. So he's not going to be coming back after his internship. But I'm, I mean, that's, that's the best. I mean, that's awesome. And I, I want all of that, you know, for all of my employees. Um, So, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of very basic things that, unfortunately, you know, maybe some, you know, a good portion of the population doesn't understand that if you were just on time, you work hard. You're willing to learn. And, you know, you kind of have the uh, the attitude that, okay, you know, maybe I don't understand right now. But if I am patient with myself, I will figure it out and do a good job. You're going to be successful. I don't really care what the industry is. So those are the types of things that I'm looking for in individuals Mm -hmm. more so than, hey, do you have, um, you know, five years of detailing experience and that type of thing? So. When when I have a guy who's in the situation that you you know you mentioned uh, repeatedly, probably just being negligent, um, ignoring the process, uh, that type of thing, I also you know at a certain point I just talk to him face to face. I don't have right now a formal you know write up system like DJ does, but um, I'm pretty much going to copy everything that DJ does. DJ does so after after today I will. Um, but I sit him down and I, you know, I ask, I remind him about his interview and I said, Hey, these are the things I asked you about in your interview. You know, are you going to be hardworking, willing to learn on time? Um, and then I bring out the company mission statement. I have every, and I show everyone our company mission statement. I have them signed. Um, and a big, you know, the first bullet point on that is integrity. Um, and you know, I got to take a man for his word and, and vice versa, but actions, you know, ultimately are you know, what it comes down to. And I have a pretty good, everyone sits down and says the same thing. So when I have that conversation, just like DJ has his conversation with his, they sit down and, you know, they, they all say the same thing. They're going to do better. They're going to work hard, you know, all, and I hear it all again. Um, And it's pretty much at that point, I can tell whether they're lying straight through their teeth or if they're genuine and I will give them that next chance. But if we break that conversation and I know they're lying straight through their teeth, I've already got my, you know, I've got a contingency plan in place, which might be a little easier for me having fixed location because generally that just means that person's hours get cut and someone else's get, you know, bumped up, um, since they're not, you know, driving the truck. Uh, but you know, when I left jobs, when I, you know, when I was younger, um, the boss always shook my hand and said, uh, you know, sorry to see you go, but good luck to you. And I don't, I've been trying to think. I don't think i ever been fired from a job. So <laughs> I just, you know, whatever it was, whether it was minimum wage or, you know. $10. Why'd you laugh? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 keep DJ, going. Stop. No, keep going. Hold
0: on, no, 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 no. So DJ laughed. <laughs> DJ, when did you get fired? Like...
1: What would you get fired for, DJ?
2: <laughs> it was like a mutual thing, okay? It was mutual. Like, I we definitely should not have been there. Yeah. It was mutual. I was just a really shitty employee. Really? Yeah, yeah, really, Marty. You tell me. Uh, you were my boss at one point. Crickets. Oh,
1: really? No. Now
2: that's what he was really getting at. No, no.
1: Tell
0: the story. How'd you get fired?
2: I I don't even I don't recall, Marshall. Oh, come right on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, come on, guys. Come I, on. I don't know Let's which go. story I want to tell.
0: It's the thing. Ah, okay all right all right lame
2: uh,
0: <laughs> all right keep going sorry jake
1: I oh no all, you all i was all i was nothing. going to say was uh you know i was always too afraid you know to do something you know to to get fired and it didn't really matter what it was um i just i just wanted to do a good job now it doesn't mean i didn't hate a lot of the jobs that i did And I was looking for something better, but, you know, I didn't want to uh, slack off to the point where, you know, I got fired or anything, but that's, that's pretty much all I'm looking for, you know, when I hire employees is, is that type of attitude. I'm not asking for superhero detailers. I'm, you know, just looking for that, you know, that work ethic and uh, trying to, trying to bring that out. I think, I think it's in, I think it's within a lot of people. Um, it just may not show up immediately. And if, you know, maybe you can coach that. Mm, uh, let me have my, let me have my illusions, please. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I think it does come back, like you talked about, like, I think it goes back to honestly how people are raised as kids. Um, you know, you were just sitting, like, you just, you never, never got fired from a job. Like, you at some point you were programmed to, to work the way you worked. Um, And I think a lot of it comes from this. It depends on how somebody is kind of raised or taught or, or the way they're grown, but you're, you are right. I was not a good employee myself, but it wasn't that I got fired from places. I thought the sit i like, it's really interesting. I I look back, especially at, you know, um, after dad, passing away and then that him being gone out of my life, it lets me also go back and remember, I go back to remember some things about him or discussions we had. One of the discussions that we always had, he never understood as I was a kid or even through high school and college and out of college, like even out of college, he wanted me to go work for something. And I just, I couldn't, I struggled. It was so hard for me to work for somebody because I would start doing a job and I would just find all these other ways to make it better. Or I want to do this or, Hey, you could do this. Like I would, and, and I, it, I, I was never good because as a, I, I just always felt that there was sort of like uh, um, what's that analogy of you, you put fleas into a, a cup and then you put a lid over the cup they eventually can't and you can lift the cup and the fleas won't jump out like there's there's this eventually you just can only go so far that's the way i felt and i struggled working for somebody because i was always trying to do this or do that um and as a as a kid i think it all came you know the way i am now i think it also comes from the way i was as a kid does that make sense or did I just really just jumble up a bunch of stuff?
2: Have another beer, Marty. Thanks. No, it, was <laughs> good. it made sense. Sorry. I,
1: I think I think you just described why you are a business owner now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. an employee. Mm-hmm.
2: That's yeah, it. exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. So what do you when you guys taste this boulevard, let's go ahead and rate it. What do you taste? What do you like about it? And what's your rating?
1: 1 to 5 Jake Oh it's a hometown it's a hometown beer uh boulevard wheat it's it's a solid go to um I can't say it's a five star that'd be a disservice to five star beers but for the for the hometown rating I'll give it a 4 Okay DJ
2: um Definitely my top three favorite beers. I know my other two are, but this is definitely like one of my go-to beers. Like if I'm at a bar. And there's nothing else I want. I know I can get a Boulevard Wheat and be fine. Um, definitely a 4.5. I've just, I've always
0: liked Boulevard Wheat. I get it. I mean, I take a chug, super easy to drink. <laughs> but I'm going to be probably more in that three-ish for a wheat if I'm gonna take a beat, I'm, I'm gonna. If you put Boulevard right next to a Blue Moon, I'm gonna grab a Blue Moon. I think it's got more flavor. I think it just, uh, to me, it's it's more of what I like. I got a but, question for you guys.
1: Are you yeah. putting? Are you? Do you got lemon in your Boulevard, and are you putting orange in your Blue Moon? This is a serious yeah, question. I did, I did not have time to stop,
2: but. My wife does essential oils, so we have lemon oil. So I put a drop of that in there,
0: and it's freaking amazing. Marty, um, the answer is no and yes. No, I so do not have the a, orange. No, I do not have a lemon, but yes, in a blue moon. If you're at a bar, they just naturally put that in, right?
1: They they put it. Yeah, they, I mean, they'll put it on the glass, but do you put it in the beer?
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, I love fruity stuff, right? I, I'll, throw in, I'll throw in fruit or whatever into any beer i love that stuff
1: yep and then that's going to be the that's going to be the fundamental difference uh, i'm going to drink the beer and not the fruit juice so that there <laughs> there is the there is the uh there's the topic right there nice yeah. like it
0: all right before uh before we, i guess sort of our our closing little closing thoughts um and then got tipsy topic you know we're going to tab out and we're going to ask you some uh some questions jake so just get ready okay uh, but closing you know like five minutes quick little hit we've talked about sort of the negative themes of employees let's let's quickly hit a positive like um i got what, one. what, what uh I think – so, Jake, you're taking your guys to a baseball game this weekend. Yeah. I've I've gone and done some stuff with my guys. I'm yeah, not going
2: to – You've spoiled the hell out of your guys. Cody was in uh, Tampa and Florida. Yeah, he took him to Warrensburg, and, Missouri. And, I mean, this dude keeps <laughs> – no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I wish I was Marty's employee again. Like, now, screw the car wash days. Like, now I want to be your employee. Like, we're going on trips to – to florida multiple times to vegas like all paid <laughs> it's nice
0: right you hired, uh, and then right, right. <laughs> uh so you know i've you know cody got to do the fun stuff uh trey got to come up to the uh wonderful city of uh, warrensburg and i will get into that here in a minute on my tipsy topic oh, question no. yep you know what's coming uh but you know you're going to take your guys to a baseball game. DJ does some stuff where he takes his. You've done you've done a couple things. Why don't you guys give some ideas on growing your company culture through not like breaking them out of the monotony of the right. nine to five through Friday.
2: Let me let me let me. Okay, so I'll start by saying this this whole time and talking about employees being called employees, I don't, we call our employees team members in our team members. We've we've never won like from like almost day one, it's always been a team because I, 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 and and it's, it's not a, a, it's not a, um, a diss on any company that calls your employees employees because 99.9.9% of people like That's just what they're called employees. But I'm so like, I could not have done this without my guys. Like they're literally my team. Like if I didn't have the guys I have right now, like I would not be where I'm at today. So they're like literally my team. So they're that's, that's, that's just how I call them as, as team members. So, um, but yeah, so we do things like we went to like every Christmas for sure. We go do something really fun. Like we went to, uh, we do, we do dinner. Um, we've done like flying tea, which is like, you know, I don't know if everyone like flying tees, like a uh, Top Golf, uh, where you go and you, you know, rent a little range and you just, you know, drink, get some appetizers, you know, play some games with, you know, with golf. Um, we've done laser tag. We've done main event, which is like a place where there's like bowling, laser tag arcades like um, and then even like Marty said, like outside of the monotony, like we've done days where it's like a um, um, it's a um, what do you call it? Cheese, my going blank. Anyways, it's a day where we. We'll literally be at the office all day, and we will go through, like, um, uh, just different training activities, team-building activities, like bring in breakfast, lunch, and then go do something for dinner or whatever, um, and just have a date outside of detailing. Like, everyone come in your casual clothes, like, you know, and just let's just hang out. Let's let's learn. Let's get some training, and, and let's have some, you know, some competitions. Let's do some, you know. We do things like that on a, on a regular basis just to keep the culture alive because it's so when you're working 40, 50 hours a week, just detailing cars over and over and over again, like, you know, it's just, it gets old. So to have those, you know, quarterly events or uh, whatever, it's just really keeps the culture alive, you know?
0: Nice. Jake, what are your thoughts? What else have you done besides taking them to baseball games or, you know, what are some of your ideas? So I'm a, you know, I'm a
1: big fan of, you know, treating the crew for hard work and stuff like that, but, uh, from, you know, my old uh, jobs from back in the day, the only thing, you know, that really stuck with me was the camaraderie of, you know, if I didn't like working with somebody, then the job sucked. If yeah. if I liked, you know, my coworkers, it didn't matter what the job was. I enjoyed the job. So um, one thing that I stole from DJ was a, you know, a kind of a team member uh, interview. I just call it a sit down where, you know, an applicant Uh, Sits down with the current team, and you know they just get to feel each other out, and you know ask questions. And I'm not around, and none of that gets back to me. And so I really just try to, you know, since I only have five to seven employees, uh, create an environment where these guys don't hate showing up to work and seeing each other's faces. And then if that's you know kind of your your established, you know how things are, when you do break up the monotony, like we have payday parties where. No matter nice. what, we're done at we're done at 4 p.m. Everyone goes and deposits their check, and we're gonna you know do something for a couple hours. And then everyone gets home to their, you know, girlfriend's, wives, family, whatever. Um, something you know we're kind of kicking off a new staffing schedule with the semester starting. So I'm taking them to Royals Cardinals on Friday, and um, we are going to you know leave at three o'clock, and the shop's going to be closed, and then. As soon as we step off the property, we're not going to talk about detailing. We're just going to everyone and, you know, kind of enjoys hanging out with each other already. So it's not like that work environment where you only have one thing in common and that's the work. And uh, so that's kind of that's kind of the atmosphere that I'm going for. And when I have to go down there in detail, you know, one of the very first things that we talked about was, you know, how much are you involved or whatever? And I said way too much. I have to go down there in detail quite a bit just to make sure everything is uh, out on time and everything's perfect. But I genuinely enjoy being in the shop environment. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I have to look over my shoulder and make sure that, you know, there are no customers walking in and stuff because it can get pretty raw. But I love that the guys with that, <laughs> you know, I love that the guys with that open with me, you know, and around and, and they kind of, you know, they're not afraid to be themselves. And I think that's kind of step one. Then if you do the types of things that DJ was talking about, then, you know, that's just kind of icing on the cake. Um, you know, something like, uh, I was planning on coming down to uh, total auto solutions, uh, paint correction, uh, seminar this Friday. If you guys are interested, maybe he has some extra availability, Total Auto Solutions, uh, led by
2: uh, Mr. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> but Ball. Marty's I'm very bashful. <laughs> I think that was the last one I had written down. That's the only other plug I could get for you.
0: Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but But you're going to take him to a Cardinals and Royals game, right, and go do some fun stuff with him.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and like I said, uh, as soon as we as soon as we step off the property,
0: uh, no more shop talk. We're just gonna have fun. So I'm I'm, I'm a little I've, I've drank three now. I'm gonna pretend like I'm tipsy. Are you gonna be able to? Are you gonna be able to hold your your beer this time? Like, like when you go out with them, are you are you still gonna call the dinosaurs? I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> um. My plan
1: is – so uh, we've, got a, we've got a DD, um, and my plan is to start early and then uh, just see what happens from there. So chances You're calling are the, the answer is no.
0: Aren't you? What's that? You're calling the dinosaurs again, aren't you? So
1: we have to rent a minivan to, to fit everybody, and if someone pukes in the minivan, at least we can detail it before we bring it back. Hey, yeah. there you go.
0: <laughs> so the story behind that is, DJ, uh, I I went up there. I took Trey up there to his shop, uh, w- worked with them, great crew, had a great time. And he was like, you know, we, we'll take you out, go grab some dinner and grab some drinks. I mean, and it was a full, like, four or five hours of, like, drinking, drinking. Like, we, we went out, like, and I think we even ended up at like, I mean, because it's a college town. So then.
2: That's my kind of day, man.
0: Yeah, like, oh, right, like, I, I. So let, let's like, so we end up even at a college bar rooftop, um, getting. Uh, what did I buy us? We I bought. Uh, what's it? Wasn't that Long Island iced teas or something? Like, oh God. Like, like everybody, like Trey was almost already passed out. We get to this place, we start drinking more. I, I drink two of them because one of his guys disappeared, and and we we get back to the hotel, and the the old man is the only one that survives the night. Trey, you did not are in the corner puking their guts. We visit the puke pile the next morning and i make fun of uh trey because of it so uh you know that that was the fun time in warrensburg wow
1: uh, me and trey really bonded at that moment and i don't I want bet. you to uh, you holding i don't each want you to take back? that
2: away from us <laughs> you guys hold each other's hair back
1: yeah uh yeah all
2: all of my gray hair jake are you coming to sema um that's a yeah uh
0: we should yeah let's just put it that way
2: we should, we should. So,
0: DJ, tell tell everybody why they should come to SEMA. And... Dude,
2: like, this is going to be, like, probably the best SEMA of, of all time, of my time. Like, cause, so, Tuesday night, which I believe is the night before Halloween, which is, okay, so, yeah, the 30th, we um, rented out a uh, spot, I forget what it is.
0: Gordon Beer's Brewery.
2: Yeah, and the first 35 people, if there's a link you can get. Uh, I'm not sure where the link's For- at right You're- now, either.
0: program. Shut
2: the fuck up. The first seventy-five people to sign up on this link get the drink for free the entire night. We're there. Whoa.
0: Two hours and Gordon Beers Brewery. Two hours of
2: unlimited beer is like that's a lot.
0: That's a lot. So it was funny. I was talking to uh, Jason from Sonax. If anybody ever follows Sonax, you're gonna know who Jason is. He's their main sales guy. Super cool dude you hey them.
2: side note real quick we're name name dropping ring doyle and bob Phillips signed up already true oh wow they will be and, there
0: so and jason signed up and i i called him and i was like jason man uh i sent in a part of the list and of course i was just joking but i was like hey I right. sent in, they sent it back <laughs> they, they charged me twice for you they said that something about they you've been <laughs> there <before." laughs> that dude's i mean. Dude, down.
2: Jason is the shit. I love him.
0: He can drink, so he, I, I love
2: that guy.
0: He's a lot of fun. All right, so Jake, give us your uh, social media. Give us your handles. How do people get in touch?
1: Hey, check out at WBG Pro Detail. That's Instagram and Facebook. That's where I want everyone to go check out. Um, that's where we get to Instagrams, where we get to show off a little bit uh facebook's mostly for you know the local stuff um but wbg pro detail give us a follow i'll follow back nice nice
0: and uh dj
1: uh you can find me at uh at dj
0: patters on instagram or at eco green md for the business nice and we are at total auto solutions Jake, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you uh, coming on. DJ, as always, thank you for what you bring. And uh, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate what you guys have done. Really yeah, great. This, just, a lot this, of great uh,
1: You know, this whole podcast process is a little new to me. It was extremely easy. Much like Why Wax Ceramics? Oh, Sport? my word. Oh, God, God, dude. So <laughs> easy. <laughs> on, Why would you bullshit? ever wax
2: again? <laughs> This is ridiculous. I got to cut this (laughs) off right now. I'm cut off,
1: guys.
0: (laughs) You're cut off.
1: Marty, I'm sending you a bill.
0: (laughs) Nice Uh, try. Have a great
1: night. See ya. Thanks, guys.